0: Hi, this is Elliot Fishman and welcome to Part 3 of Acute Processes of the Aorta. And in Part 3, we're going to look at the renal artery. I think this whole section is going to be on the renal artery. So let's start with renal artery stenosis. The majority of cases of renal artery stenosis are due to atherosclerosis, risk factors, age, diabetes, aortoiliac occlusive disease, hypertension, as well as patients with coronary artery disease, multiple different parts of the body involved. With renal artery stenosis, locations usually are in the proximal two centimeters or proximal one-third of the artery. We typically not only describe the location, but we degrade the stenosis into 50%, 70% into the best we can in terms of grading. We talk about the plaque, whether it's calcified or non calcified or both. And then we look for secondary signs. Is the kidney small? Are the prior renal infarctions? anything else that might be going on. We also make sure there are more than one renal artery when there are. So in this case, there are two right renal arteries and the uppermost and the dominant vessel is narrowed about 70% and there's also about a 30% narrowing of the left renal artery, nicely shown on the MIP and the volume rendered images. In terms of renal artery stenosis, there is often a benefit of stenting. It improves patients with hypertension, it stabilizes renal failure or any type of change in renal function and reduces recurrent cardiac events such as flash pulmonary edema here's another example he has renal artery stenosis with stents in the aorta as well as stents in the renal arteries and the kidneys function well one of the things we see commonly when the renal arteries need to be covered by stents is stents placed in the renal arteries and so you want to look at them very carefully a single plane right through the uh, stent will make that fairly easy to do. We see a lot of patients with suspected and known fibromuscular dysplasia. It causes less than 10% of renal artery stenosis, but it's an important diagnosis. It's more common in young and middle-aged women. Associations include smoking, hormones, vasovisorum disorders. In symptomatic patients, lesions are bilateral in about 71% of cases. FMD is a vascular disease that may result in stenosis, dissection, or aneurysm of nearly all arterial distributions with the renal artery and the extracranial carotid and vertebral arteries most commonly affected. When we look for FMD, often we will scan from the neck down. Uh, Typically, the neuro people are reading the neck, but I always look carefully at the subclavian and left vertebral. And then you'll scan down the length of the thoracic and abdominal aorta. Medium-sized arteries are typically affected, and the disease often involves multiple vascular territories in a single patient. The etiology of this disease is unclear. It is believed to be neither an inflammatory nor an atherosclerotic process, but genetic and environmental risk factors may play an important role in this article by Bolin. The clinical presentation is driven by the vascular beds affected. Renal involvement usually is hypertension. That's the most common presentation. Carotid involvement is also pulsatile tinnitus, headache, or TIA. FMD may be discovered incidentally in an asymptomatic patient who's having the aorta imaged for other reasons or just even having the pancreas or kidneys imaged. FMD is considered a diffuse Ateropathy that involves medium-sized arteries in multiple vascular territories. So we know that. And again, you want to look very careful. In terms of imaging, I like to look at the axial images, of course. Then I do 3D imaging. I'll use volume rendering, and I'll use MIP to look at the vessels. And when I see stenosis, to be able to grade the vessels. In this article by Bolin, reformatted images had a significant effect on final interpretation. So in terms of FMD in the renal artery, beating is the classic finding that you can see focal aneurysms or focal dissection. Case one, very nice example of beating the mid to distal renal artery. Case two, about two thirds of the artery is involved with this beating, very nicely shown. Here's another example, both on the routine coronal and on the MIP showing you that beating appearance Very classic for FMD. Another example here, a bit more extensive FMD in the right renal artery, more impressive. The left renal artery, you can't really see well here, but there was no FMD involvement. Here's a case with FMD more extensive in the right, but also very subtle changes in the left renal artery. Here's another patient who was evaluated for pheochromocytoma because of hypertension. This patient ends up with FMD with a left renal artery aneurysm, very nicely shown in this example. And you could see on the contralateral, the right side, the beating of the right renal artery. So I mentioned three findings, right? Beating, aneurysms, and dissection. It's not like you only get one of these. You could have all three of them. And in this case, you saw two of the findings, the left renal artery aneurysm and the beating of the right renal artery, very nicely shown again in this example. A combination of volume rendering and MIP is particularly good for looking at these findings. Here's another example FMD in the mid third of the right renal artery, and then there's an aneurysm on the left. So, again, very nicely shown that example as well. Here's another patient, renal artery aneurysm, right renal artery, nicely shown on the cinematic rendering. This patient, two renal arteries, the bottom renal artery or the more inferior one looks fine. You can see it very nicely here. You also see on the cinematic, splenic artery looks good. Hepatic artery looks good. SMA looks good. Branches of the SMA look fine. Two renal arteries, the more superior, has that bilobed aneurysm. Here's a nice example of FMD with renal artery aneurysm on the right and splenic artery aneurysm near the splenic hilum. Very nicely shown there and there again. Okay, no problem. Here it is again on the MIP, renal artery aneurysm, maybe a second renal artery aneurysm, and the splenic artery aneurysm. So again, you have to be careful with satisfaction of search. If you see one finding, keep looking. Don't let it blind you to missing an even more important finding. Here are some of the MIP imaging. I do like thin slab MIP for looking at vessels, looking for aneurysms, and looking for beating. There's another case with FMD mild in the right renal artery, but more impressive FMD in the iliac vessels. Now, that is not atherosclerotic disease. That's the beating of fibromuscular dysplasia. Again, we said look at the renals, look at the carotids, but look at all of the vessels because you never know where you're going to find FMD, Here's some more images of that same patient with MIP imaging showing you the FMD involving both common and external iliac arteries. Here's that same patient again, we showed before, FMD with a right renal artery aneurysm, again, very nicely shown in this regard. In terms of the aneurysms with FMD, they're typically not going to be calcified. Here's another case, impressive right renal artery. That's not very tricky, right? impressive fmd but we kept looking and look at the beating as you go back in the patient's sma so sma involvement and renal artery involvement so you can see i've showed you many examples beating and aneurysm involvement of the renal arteries and splenic artery involvement of the renal artery and the sma involvement of the renal arteries and the iliac vessels so many combinations which means you need to look at all the vessels I will say, in this case of SMA, it's real but not that impressive when you're looking at the axial images alone. On the MIP, when you look at the vessel in its entirety, it's much easier to see. Now, we mentioned this before. The etiology of FMD remains largely unknown. It is well-recognized the incidence is higher in women. And hypertension is the most common presentation. And we do have a very important referring physician at Hopkins who is an expert in FMD. So we see a lot of cases in our outpatient center. In this article by Bolin, again, the abnormalities, beating, aneurysm, dissection, stenosis, are all things we can see in multiple vessels with the renal arteries being the most common, particularly when you're looking at the abdomen and then the head and neck vessels, as we described. The reformatted images, again, Bolin mentions are critical and as I mentioned, we do axial, multiplanar, and 3D imaging using a combination of volume rendering and MIP. And indeed, the reformatted images are critical. Now, renal artery aneurysms, we mentioned it's one of the causes, or one of its causes is FMD. Atherosclerosis is number one, hypertension number two. You also can see renal artery aneurysms, I showed you an example before, in polyarthritis nodosa. You can see it in things like Ehlers-Danlos and neurofibromatosis, for example. Usually, there are incidental findings, but occasionally pain or hematuria, so patients can be symptomatic when they get large. Sixty percent are the main artery bifurcation. It's bilateral in about 19% of cases, multiple in up to one-third of cases, and approximately one-third of patients have ipsilateral renal artery stenosis in addition to the aneurysm. Typically, renal artery aneurysms cause no symptoms, but they can be complicated by rupture, thrombosis distal embolism, obstructive uropathy, hypertension, and AV communication. So you need, you need to be very careful. The typical rule is going to be size is critical. The risk of rupture of a renal artery aneurysm increases with pregnancy, and also aneurysms associated with inflammatory components and size. Most people say two centimeters, some people say three centimeters, Painless hematuria is rare, but it has been reported. So when you're looking at a patient with hematuria and you're valuing for renal mass, always be careful to look at the renal arteries and make sure you're not missing FMD or renal artery aneurysm as a cause of the patient's symptoms. Now, in terms of complications of renal artery aneurysms, the key one, of course, is rupture. But you also can see spontaneous dissection, renal infarction, hypertension, flank pain, and spontaneous AV fistula. But again, rupture is the one that's really the most critical. Some examples. Here's a nice example of a patient's uh, uh, 3D rendering showing you on the volume rendering the aneurysm of the left renal artery. Here's the importance of IV contrast. We see rim calcification. It's like a ring. So you're thinking it's renal artery aneurysm. There it is very nicely shown. A really good example of a renal artery aneurysm with calcification. Some people feel if their lesions are very calcified, they're less likely to rupture. That's true, but often it's discontinuous calcification, so it may not be that helpful. Another example, renal artery aneurysm in the right kidney, very nicely shown by the hilum. Occasionally, I've seen renal artery aneurysms, particularly in non-contrast scans, simulate a renal tumor when they're more central. As we mentioned, renal artery aneurysms, look at other organs. Here's renal artery and splenic artery. The splenic being calcified, the renal artery aneurysms less commonly calcified than splenic artery. I showed you this case before of polyarthritis nodosa, multiple small aneurysms looking almost like calcifications in the patient's kidneys bilaterally. Look at the MIP imaging, which really nicely shows you two numerous to count renal artery aneurysms aneurysms off the splenic artery, as well as the SMA, all very nicely shown in this example. This patient was treated with steroids and additional medications, and within the year, these aneurysms were all gone, so had a really good response. Just a beautiful example, and here's just a few more images. Again, the slab mip here is very helpful. On the initial interpretation across the ocean, no one commented on the aneurysms. I think they just didn't see them. Or they got late phases. I didn't see the images, but I don't know what they missed. Here's a patient with FMD. Aneurysm of the IMA, very nicely shown. What a really a couple of aneurysms right here. So again, multiple organ systems, multiple vascular maps. Here it is with a cinematic rendering needs to be looked at. So again, a comprehensive evaluation. Don't be fooled by seeing one aneurysm and stopping there. Again, when you're looking at vascular pathologies, the importance of really thinking about every organ and organ system becomes very important. You're more likely to see a second lesion than a patient who has no lesions, right? So you wanna be very cognizant of that fact. Here's a patient with neurofibromatosis where you get narrowing of the patient's abdominal aorta and renal artery stenosis. It's one of the classic things with neurofibromatosis. Look at the collateral vessels. This case was an article, uh, Javad wrote it was in radiology, but a good example of narrowing of the aorta as well as narrowing of the renal arteries with multiple collaterals in a patient with neurofibromatosis, which they commonly will get this complication. Now, dissection, most commonly, is just like SMA, is extension from an abdominal aortic dissection into the renal arteries. You can also see it with trauma, FMD, antiphospho-antibody association, Ehlers-Danlos, and, of course, idiopathic. Nice example here of a dissection, but there's no involvement of the renal artery into the aorta. Here is a renal artery dissection, but you can see the dissection nicely starting in the patient's abdominal aortic aneurysm with dissection. Renal artery thrombosis, cardiac embolic events are most common, you can see renal artery insult, where you can see the actual thrombus. Occasionally, you can see thrombus as a cause of trauma or from trauma. We have a dissection. It could also be due to FMD. Hypercoagulability states are also possibilities. With renal artery thrombosis, on the images, you may see a filling defect in the renal artery. You may see sharply demarcated cortical hypoenhancement you may see global hypo Remember with renal artery thrombosis, it could obstruct the main renal artery and then you see no flow of the kidney or just capsular flow. Or you can see multiple wedge-shaped defects if it's embolic phenomena that are multiple and small. Infarcts at times can be difficult to distinguish from polynephritis, but again, the history usually is different. Nice example here of thrombus in the patient's right renal artery at the arrow and the lack of perfusion of the most of the right kidney compared to the left kidney. We also talk about renal AVMs. They're rare congenital malformations. They can be large, single, or multiple, uh, usually located by the renal sinus and usually solitary and right-sided. You can see renal AVMs post-trauma. You can see renal AVMs post-biopsy, which I guess is trauma presentation, gross hematuria, hypertension, flank pain, and hard cardiac output. Here's a beautiful example of a renal AVM by the right renal hilum. You can see how it almost looks like an aneurysm. You can see in the non-contrast study, it can simulate a mass. So we've looked at a number of things now. We've looked at not everything because I told you we'd be here for days. And we're gonna come back to more specific territories. We're gonna do acute vascular processes in the chest, we will come back with some more abdominal stuff, but I've covered things like the renal artery, the SMA, the celiac, the whole mesenteric arcade. We looked at different pathologies. We emphasized the importance of proper scanning technique. We emphasized the importance of post-processing. We understood the importance of the range of pathologies, which can look somewhat similar on CT, but the key is to understand the history or look for other findings that help you reach a diagnosis, and the importance of CT in patient diagnosis and management. And with that, I'll stop there, and thank you very much. That's the end of part three of threes. See you next week. If you like this video, make sure to subscribe to the CTSS YouTube channel. You can also visit us at ctss.com for even more videos, plus quizzes, pearls, protocols, and oh so much more. We're also in the App Store and have well over a dozen apps for iPhone and iPad, all completely free. Thanks for watching.